Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a video and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience and wisdom from hundreds of successful people from around the world. Today, it is my privilege to welcome a very, very senior and successful professional manager who's made the change to the social sector. And very interestingly, he and I are from the same business school, Jamnalal Bajaj. Ashit Gupta, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ashutosh. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Uh, Ashit is the uh, founder of Advocacy. He's also the founder of Women of Opinion, which is also called WOOP. Uh, he's worked for Procter & Gamble, British American Tobacco, and DDP Advertising. And he's been an entrepreneur for the last 10 years. So Ashit, tell me, what, are, what would you say are three key milestones in your life or your career? So, uh, firstly, thanks for having me on the uh, show, uh, Ashtosh, and happy to share my, you know, uh, limited uh, life experience with, with your viewers and listeners. Uh, when I look back, I, I turned uh, 50 last month. Mm -hmm. So, you know, big, uh, big milestone that way. Uh, looking back, you know, over the last 25 years of uh, work experience, um, I think one of the big uh, milestones, I would say, just the uh, start I was lucky to get mm -hmm. uh, after B-School. And, and reflecting on my journey, it's been very evident that, you know, luck has to plays a big role. I have become genuinely convinced that the whole talk of merit is actually quite flawed. Mm -hmm. We have all been very lucky in ending up where we are. And it has been a series of lucky coincidences, which has led us to where we are. Sure. So let, let me talk through my lucky coincidences uh, that yeah, I would yeah, say. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. So, you know, when I joined Bajaj, I was actually in FMS already. And I was very, you know, I was okay there. And I was not even planning to write the JB entrance exam because that happens much later. But I didn't get a hostel in FMS. So I said, okay, you know, my parents were in Bombay. I said, let's write the Bajaj exam. Mm. And then I joined Bajaj, right? And if I had not joined Bajaj, I would not have got into PNG. It is very clear to me mm. because I was not from an IIT, right? And when PNG goes to IIMs and FMS, they shortlist based on, you know, they have to interview a limited set of people. Bajaj was a smaller batch size mm. and you know, I got a chance to interview and I got through, I was lucky. So I would say, you know, that whole change, uh, it was a decision not based on any logic, but that helped me get into PNG, mm. which is a great name to have on your CV from the beginning. Correct. So it was a lucky break. Yes, hard work plays some role, but I would say getting into PNG was definitely one big milestone, mm. which gave me a good start uh, for sure. And I would say the second big one, which actually I feel from a marketing perspective has had the biggest impact on my learning and career is the move from PNG to BAT. Okay. Because it was actually a 360 degree move. Mm -hmm. You are going from a category and a company which believes in mass marketing, right? Everything was about mass advertising and sampling, mm -hmm. right? And actually both these things were not allowed. You have worked in a similar company, right? So I went to BAT and, you know, there is no advertising allowed. You cannot do too much sampling, but actually it is an FMCG company right. because cigarettes get bought daily. Mm -hmm. It is the fastest of the FMCG, if you look right. at it that way, right? 
So I actually learned a lot more about marketing at BAT mm-hmm. than PNG. Right. I actually rate BAT as one of the best marketing companies because I tell my friends that it is easy to find somebody who can make good advertising copy mm-hmm. and build distribution. That is not rocket science. It's been around for ever since mass marketing started. What I learned in BAT, which also then led me to launch advocacy and I linked the two, mm-hmm. was how do you grow brands without mass marketing in a category which has 70% loyalty? Mm-hmm. So if you can convince people without the typical mass marketing tools, including digital, which is again still not allowed, mm-hmm. to change from Malbro to Kent. Mm-hmm. And this is not a category where people just change like that. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think the move to BAT was a big milestone as a marketer, I would say. I learned a lot things which were not talked about in those days, design language, subliminal marketing, you know, sensory marketing. That was a category which really got deep into it because they had to. Mm-hmm. There wasn't mass market. And that was so much more interesting and, and learning than the same old get inside, make TV copy, you know, do the TV testing, get the media things. So I would say that was another, you know, important milestone looking back in my career. Okay. I think the third was really becoming an entrepreneur, mm. right? Uh, tobacco is a category pays very well. Yeah. So, so, so at a young age, I became a tobacco expat, mm. right? So it's, and you will not find too many ex-tobacco marketeers like people who have left the company mm. because these are like golden handcuffs, right? But I have always been a marketeer uh, in my life. I didn't want to become a general manager mm-hmm. and I was looking to, you know, do more. Mm-hmm. And having learned what I did at BAT, which was, if you come to that flipping the funnel, word of mouth yeah. marketing, yeah, I was seeing the growth of social and digital, mm-hmm. right? And I was seeing people spending money on digital influencers, getting, trying to get word of mouth. Mm-hmm. And having done that at BAT in a much more structured manner, mm. I thought there was an opportunity to, you know, launch a new offering in the market. And I decided to take the plunge. Again, it was luck, I would say. I was talking to a friend and he said, well, that's very interesting. And next day he sent me the brief. Very interesting. Uh, and then I was faced with the question, is it just talk or do I need to walk the talk? <laughs> well said. And I decided to take the plunge. And again, I think, I was lucky that the first project itself won global awards. Mm. So the company took off. Okay. Uh, if it had failed, obviously, you know, I would have perhaps gone back to corporate. Sure. But I would say the last milestone, which, you know, I'm still, mm. uh, you know, on that journey of being an entrepreneur. Mm. I think uh, that would be the third one. I would say. So uh, Asit, let's talk about, you know, the first of your ventures, advocacy and FMCG. Yeah. No. And you said you are uh, a marketer with so much experience of FMCG. Tell me what goes into building a successful brand. So I'm saying it's a big question, right? It is. Uh, and, and it's a question which has been, uh, books have been written. And, and given, given the time constraint, I request you to give me a yeah. short answer. Yeah. So I would say, let's focus on the present, uh, given what your listeners would be interested in. I think the fundamentals of brand building have not changed, Mm. right? The four P's of marketing are still, of course, relevant. Mm. I think what has changed is the weightage and the importance 
mm. of some of the P's. Specifically, what do I mean, right? Let's pick place distribution and let's take P product, okay? When you look at earlier FMCG brands needed mass distribution, right? Which means you need to be a big company. You cannot have 3000 distributors across India overnight, right? So the place was a big constraint to becoming a successful FMCG brand in a country like India. Mm-hmm. Now, what has happened in the last three, four years with the growth of Amazon and other e-commerce, the place barrier is gone away, mm-hmm. right? You can be listed on Amazon and you are available, mm-hmm. right? So that is a big change. And yeah. that has led to growth of many FMCG brands, 100 crores, 200 crores, mm-hmm. which are pretty much brand startups, product startups, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's the baby category or whether it is in the food and beverage category. So I think with the dominance and the constraint of place, which was then a limited to big companies, mm-hmm. okay, the importance of having a unique product has become very important. Okay. So, so that I think that change in weightage earlier, you could have a parity product supported by mass heavy weights and you have advertising, good pricing. There are four or five competitors doing the same thing mm. today. You know, you have unique founder led brands with true product stories, not just a product tick box, mm. like a clever FMCG Unilever PNG yep. style ingredient, you know, which gets a name, but real meat in the product mm. and these products can stand out. So I would say product and finally the last a new P which has come up in today's world also linking to the connected world we live in, the millennials, right? And what is happening in the world? Mm-hmm. I think purpose is very important. Mm-hmm. Having purpose not as a CSR tick box, mm-hmm. having purpose baked into your brand mm-hmm. genuinely, you know, that you have started this brand or this product to make a difference, whatever that difference is, mm-hmm. right? People can see through that, right, you know, and, and, and you have a way because with the social channels, it is easy to get your story across Correct. to the world today. Very, so you know, very, very interesting. You say yeah. about talk about purpose as one of the P's. I remember when I was at ITC, they had added a sixth P, which was the Panwala. <laughs> and when I start, when I founded Guardian Pharmacy, mm-hmm. I did a seventh P, which is in my book also, which 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 P was pharmacy. So now mm-hmm. I've got the eighth P from my perspective, which is purpose. Yeah. Well, in in tobacco, we kind of separated even packaging from the product because right. you know. But but yeah, that's a great framework actually. Eight <laughs> P we have got now. <laughs> so let's yeah. move on and let's talk about you know what you just mentioned a little earlier, flipping mm-hmm. the marketing funnel. Help me understand this place. Yeah, I think it's very straightforward. Typical funnel starts, you know, it's a triangle, inverted triangle in a way. It starts with awareness at the top, going to consideration, going to trial and conversion, and then finally coming to advocacy, Mm. right? Now, in today's world, when, as we know, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all of these channels provide so much reach, Mm. right? Flipping the funnel means that you use your current user, the advocates, people who are using your brand every day, Mm -hmm. people who are paying good money to buy you, Mm -hmm. which means they like you. Get them to talk about your brand, use them to get awareness and consideration Mm -hmm. rather than just spend money on paid advertising. Mm -hmm. Right? So, and, and this works mathematically also. So let's take an example. Let's say a brand 
is targeting a universe of one crore consumers, mm-hmm. right? Uh, sorry, let's say they're targeting 10 crores mm-hmm. and they already have one crore of them as a user base. Correct. 25% reach is meaningful in FMCG marketing, in any marketing. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, Ashtosh, it's the quality of that reach. This is what I call in marketing terms, a friend impression. Okay. It is not a brand impression. Mm-hmm. I'm reaching 25% of my target audience with impression of a friend. Mm-hmm. So much more trust and influence mm. uh, than just the brand doing advertising. So that's flipping the funnel. Get your current users to get you new users. Very interesting. So, you know, I said, let's now move to the second part of our conversation, which is on women of opinion. Yeah. You know, you're present in seven countries with a community of over 3 million women. Hmm. Tell me of your thinking behind setting up this organization. So it has very much been part of this journey and linked to this whole flipping the uh, funnel discussion. Mm-hmm. So when, when I launched advocacy in 2011, advocacy's proposition even today is about flipping the funnel, mm-hmm. get your current users to help you get new users. Mm-hmm. And we had a platform, a gamified platform, which we were use, give, working with brands to develop these advocates mm-hmm. and get these people to do the social sharing and advocacy. And Whoop has been an evolution from that. So after five years of doing that, we decided that we should A, focus on the women demographic, because that's where the majority of decisions are made for FMCG and also durables. Mm -hmm. And B, we added purpose into the business model. Mm -hmm. And that also goes back to when we talk about my personal values, I think, you know, the midlife crisis, all of us asking the question, what is this about, right? Mm -hmm. Is it just about feeding our personal ego with achievement and a bank balance? Or so for me, giving, starting to give back to society was becoming important. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, as I said, I love marketing. So Whoop was an evolution of saying, how can we link marketing to actually doing good and helping the underprivileged? Mm -hmm. So Whoop became a revolution of saying, okay, in this platform, uh, women can come and engage with brands. Mm -hmm. Brands get get engagement, advocacy, all the benefits. Mm -hmm. But we turn this engagement time also into donation to children-focused charities. Okay. So literally what we are saying, we are creating funds for charities out of clicks, literally. Very interesting. And, you know, when you say that you aim to make marketing a force for good, a force for compassion and not consumption. Yes. We understand this. Yeah, this is this is core to, I would say, uh, yeah, my existence right now, mm-hmm. because I think it's become clear to me yeah, that we, we are at a very uh, key inflection point in the world. You know, I was lucky to have left India early and, and see developed world where it was. Mm-hmm. I think it's a mad race of consumption. We keep, uh, you know, the tyranny of GDP growth. We don't talk about the growth in human indicators. Every quarter we celebrate GDP growth. We don't celebrate growth or feel sad about decline in human indicators, Mm. right? So I think this tyranny of consumption-led capitalism, which has been sold to all of us, even from the time of B-School, that the only thing which matters is maximizing shareholder profit. If that is the starting point, then obviously you are looking to sell more at the same time, which means you're going to sell more, you will drop price, 
you will uh, screw up your suppliers by squeezing them for the lower price, which has its impact on the planet. Mm -hmm. So it became very clear to me that this consumption race is a disaster mm -hmm. for the macro society planet as well at a micro level. All of us trying to score this deal and discount. Mm -hmm. Life has to be a lot more than just acquisition and consumption, right? Mm -hmm. So that was one con conclusion. The second point was, okay, but we're not talking of a revolution. Mm. We cannot fight this system and change this overnight. Mm. Capitalism is here to stay. Mm. So for me, it was like, for me as a marketer who is thinking about this, how can I use my strength mm. of marketing to make a change within the system? I see. Okay. How can we help brands get what they want, mm. which is consumption, conversion, but in some way, directly also link this to compassion for those who need help those who are not able to consume right we have to think about it because we cannot create sustainable economic growth mm. if we don't have the social capital sorted very interesting yeah so you know now let me move on uh, you know i'm i have worked with a lot of young people but i'm one generation older than you are yeah my question to you is you know the fact that you you must have worked with millennials and the gen z's uh, you know, across multiple formats. As a marketer, what is your view on the impact brands are having on, on millennials and Gen Zs or vice versa? I think, yeah, it's a very, very interesting question. And I'm saying it gets clubbed as a wide segment, right? Gen Z, millennials. But of course, you know, it's a big a segment within right. that it varies by countries also you know different countries um, if we just take you know if we just take the four countries i have lived in you know actually it's very different across countries right. uh, so china is very different from russia india is very different and uk classic western liberal democracy you know developed country sure. the dynamics are very different mm. right in if i look at the developed markets right and, and uh, the contrast with, I would say, the idealism I see mm -hmm. amongst the youth uh, in countries like UK and the desire to give back and be more purpose-led, mm -hmm. okay, I see that much more compared to, let's say, Russia, China, India. Mm -hmm. It's not that there is, it's not there. You know, the youth is very active in social enterprises uh, in India and Russia and China. But there are, let's say, different political dynamics also in these countries, mm. right? And also, these are still developing countries. So people are still very focused on success, the classic definitions of success, sure. right? So I would say definitely idealism uh, and youth is always more idealistic. Even when we were young, you know, we were more idealistic. We've all become more pragmatic now. Mm. So I think like all generations... Idealism is, is a positive I see amongst the, you know, Gen Z. Mm -hmm. Within India, I, there's a huge shift. The new generation is so much less risk averse. We were all very risk averse. We had to secure our, mm -hmm. you know, future. We took the linear trusted path. Mm -hmm. And I think in the last four or five years, what is coming out of India, when we look at digital marketing, mm -hmm. you know, we have moved beyond services. Genuine new products are coming out. Mm -hmm. And, and these young people straight out of college are launching and marketing their product at a global level and collaborating at a global level. 
so i think this whole ambition and and i can do it and that confidence i think this is so apparent especially when we look at india and specifically when i look at you know the digital space which is where i am i think that's that's very refreshing and that's very uh, great to see yeah very interesting yeah. so i said i'm not going to move to the last segment you know yeah. i've got time for about two or three questions yeah for you which i say um, questions for you personally mm-hmm. for a person who has achieved so much in marketing lived in four different countries entrepreneur for 10 years so much more to do ahead what does success mean to us it for me success is really about thinking what is going to be my legacy mm-hmm. beyond a bank balance and well brought up children okay and and what do i mean by that i think uh, you know one of the people i kind of draw inspiration from mm-hmm. when i look at bill gates right he was a hardcore capitalist the richest man in the world sure. right he is using his capital and his brains mm-hmm. to solve genuinely big problems in the world right fundamental problems correct health sanitation and i think if we can all at a certain point after you know achieving personal success however we define it mm. start to look beyond ourselves mm. i think that's a successful life looking beyond our own self very interesting so i've time for two more questions for you um, my next question to you is uh, about failure mm-hmm. you know uh, most parents in asia don't teach their children it's okay to fail we are always told for come first be at the head of the line etc etc mm-hmm. yet we fail mm-hmm. my question to you is what have been some of your learnings from yeah. some of your mistakes or failures so i think it is also again a very uh, varies from person to person life experience mm-hmm. i think when i look back at some of the knocks and stumbles i have had mm-hmm. i would say not aiming for perfection mm-hmm. right uh, not sitting on uh, a decision and thinking through it making things complicated trying to perfect it mm-hmm. uh, we should i look back and think if i had more wisdom and less intellect mm-hmm. i would have been you know i would have perhaps achieved more maybe those failures would not have happened mm-hmm. so i would say a bias for pragmatic action okay versus i would say intellectual perfection which gives a lot of uh, you know pleasure mm-hmm. but at times can be um, negative mm-hmm. i would say when i look back if i had more uh, you know a better balance between the two uh, i think uh, that's my big learning i would say wonderful yeah. act and my last question to you you know when i if you recall i had mentioned that over 74% of the people who listen to us are below 34 years old yeah what would your advice be to a lot of young individuals who will be listening to everything you say as they start off on their you know career in the corporate world i think the main i would say two areas which are related right i think discovering what really turns you on mm-hmm. what moves your goat mm-hmm. what are you really passionate about mm-hmm. i think discovering that if one can do that early on that's a great place to be in okay right 
because so few of us if we look at our generation right we were just pushed in a particular direction and then we discovered i like this etc yeah. right yeah. but i think uh, that is very important mm. and and in today's times and generation with so much knowledge available mm. beyond educational institutes it is feasible for people to get exposure and find out what you really like right so i would say that would be my advice number 1 and i would say the advice number 2 and maybe it's a bit of an extrapolation of my personal values mm-hmm. i think staying true and authentic mm-hmm. right and thinking of others and helping those in need mm-hmm. will hold people in good stead mm-hmm. we have too much hype we have too much hustle in the world and not enough help okay okay because everything is getting drowned by sound bites today's news cycle right what is tomorrow's going to be uh, what is tomorrow's tweet right it's it's all a bubble if you think about it right mm-hmm. it's all about managing perception mm-hmm. i think it's important to step back from this and also look at what is it that really matters and makes a difference right so being authentic being true right and keeping an eye on helping others beyond yourself i would say if people can those those two things we will have a much better world yeah. fantastic asit thank you so much it's been such a pleasure thank speaking you. to you great to catch up with a fellow alumni from bajaj and i wish you lots of success with whatever you're doing with advocacy and with women of opinion thank you again thanks a lot ashtosh pleasure talking to you thank you Thank you for listening to the brand called You video cast and podcast. A platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You